0: You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast Hi this is Manjula Narayan national books editor Hindustan Times and this is the books and authors podcast It's a weekly podcast where I speak to authors who've got a new book out <laughs> So today I have uh, I'll be speaking to Kabir Bedi who's written stories I must tell the emotional life of an actor. Hello.
1: Hi Manjula, how are you?
0: I'm fine.
1: Delighted to speak. To you.
0: Yes, glad to speak to you too. And I mean I spent the whole of like uh, I read late into the night last night and I finished the whole book and I have to say that it was very um, you know like I said moving in parts and also brave, I thought.
1: Well, you know, there comes a point where you have to say, do I want to tell my story or, or do I want it just to go with me? And if I am going to tell my story, how am I going to tell it? And this how I'm going to tell it was a dilemma I wrestled with for almost 10 years. And then about a year ago, I had a blinding insight as to how I could do this, and I wanted to tell it in a certain way. And be honest and vulnerable as far as I could. And I said, let the chips fall there where they may. It's important to know what happened in my life um, in factual terms, but also in terms of the emotional experience that I went through. And that's what I set out to do when I when I began writing this book. And um, I feel I've done that to great measure, in a great measure.
0: Yes, yes, you have. And maybe I should read the flap of the book so that the listeners can know, you know exactly what what the book is about, yeah?
1: That would be a good idea.
0: Yes. Kabir Bedi went from Bollywood, worked in Hollywood and became a star in Europe. His Sandokan series broke all European television viewership records. In 2010, Kabir received the highest ranking civilian honor in Italy and was bestowed the title of Cavalier, Knight. Kabir is probably best known across the world for his role as the villain in the James Bond film Octopussy and for his star turn in The Bold and the Beautiful, one of the most watched shows in the world. He is also a voting member of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, which awards the Oscars. Film, television, theatre, radio, Kabir has done them all. Within these pages, he tells his stories of triumph and tragedy, milestones and mistakes, remembrance and regret, affairs and anxieties, love and lingering loss and heart-wrenching setbacks. With millions of fans and well-wishers across the world, Kabir writes with emotional honesty of the mistakes he made in love and life and of the successes that made India proud. So, and I have to say, you know, all these things you do tackle in in the book. But let's start with, uh, you know, I didn't know about this interview with the Beatles and that came as quite a surprise. (laughs)
1: Right. That was one of the first big turning points of my life Um, because uh, I was uh, working at All India Radio at the time, um, paying my bills, uh, working my way through college because my family circumstance was such. And Mm -hmm. I was a crazy fan of the Beatles, and I just Mm -hmm. wanted to meet them. And I thought, what better way to meet them than if I – had the badge of All India Radio, and I said I wanted to interview them. Of course, I didn't realize at that time I was in competition with the entire Delhi Press Corps and every journalist in Delhi, and nobody was able to get through to them. Now, how I got through to them and how I got that interview is is one of the chapters of my book, and what I said to them and what they said to me. But what followed from that interview, interview was such disillusionment with All India Radio that it forced me to... Rethink my life, mm. and I took me to Bombay where I began my career in advertising and then theater, which finally led to film and then Bollywood to uh, on to uh, success in Italy, etc. So that interview with the Beatles was the start of something very important in my life.
0: Mm. Uh, unexpectedly so, I suppose, because maybe if if that hadn't happened, if All All India Radio hadn't recorded over the interview, you probably would have stayed in Delhi. (laughs) Who knows?
1: (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? One can never know, you know, what might have been of history. All one can (laughs) do is what actually happened and what were the consequences of that. And the fact that crises are, are moments of great opportunity because it allows you to look at things afresh, and look at mm-hmm. what went wrong, and what is wrong, and what can be changed. And there comes mm-hmm. a time when you either say carry on down the same road that you're going, or change the direction and try and blaze new trails. And that was my mm-hmm. change of track moment for me. Um, and I must say, uh, uh, for a Delhi boy from middle class family, it's been a hell of a journey. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> You know, one thing I noticed about the book is that, you know, at at certain points, you have these sort of nuggets of wisdom. And this is one of them when, you know, when you uh, talk about uh, crises being uh, points where you can, where you shift tracks, right? you know, and right across, you've, you've put them, I mean, I don't know whether you did it consciously. But it's it's a sort of I mean whatever learnings as they say in corporate speak that you have you've embedded it in in certain chapters you know
1: yes yes I I've, I've, I haven't set out to do this as a handbook of lessons I learned in life mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's another book altogether I could write the same <laughs> book with the same with a different agenda but certain yes. things when writing them just come up and you remember them and you say them so I haven't made a point mm-hmm. of saying. The lesson of this chapter is that, you know, it's not that at all. It's a very personal account, very heartfelt yeah. account. Yeah. And um, these observations that come out just organically come to the chapter. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not a battle the book. It's, uh, it's uh, what I really wanted to say at that moment for a good reason. And what came into my heart, and I put it down.
0: Okay.
1: Because, you know, it's been cathartic as well, as well as revelatory. Because cathartic because I had to revisit so many things in the past that I really didn't want to think about again, as many that I did. Mm -hmm. But it's all part of the journey, and and I put it down. It was also revelatory to me, because when you look at your own life and go through the same emotion that you went through to write it down and see your life with the perspective of of age and and more wisdom, um, you're able to evaluate things in a much more dispassionate way. And I think it's good that I waited all these years to write my book because if I'd written it any earlier, it wouldn't have been as good. It wouldn't have been as profound. It wouldn't have been as as heartfelt. It wouldn't have had the Mm -hmm. freedom that I wrote with um, in terms of sharing my um, strengths and weaknesses uh, with the reader, with myself.
0: Mm -hmm. Though, of course, you do say right in the beginning of the book that mistakes that you do well to avoid.
1: And I meant that People also read autobiographies not just to know about the life of somebody else, but mm. what is in it for them? What do they get out of it? Mm. And when you see somebody else making a mistake that you that can prevent you making a similar mistake, then you have mm. gained something from that book. And that was one of the intentions uh, in writing this. That I made a lot of mistakes. Um, I hope you don't make them uh, in your life. Mm or you learn from mine, or you understand why I made the mistakes I make. And if you're in a similar situation, don't make those choices. Hmm.
0: Okay. So when you're talking about, you know, don't make those choices, immediately what springs to mind is the uh, idea of the open marriage. I mean, I don't know, it works for some people, but uh, clearly it didn't work in this instance. So this just going to read that little bit where you said that it worked for, uh, I think... For the American couple, but, um, right, you know, but uh, it didn't work. Uh, do you know which one I'm re- referring to?
1: Yes, I know exactly which one. See, the thing is, I was a child of the late 60s and 70s at that, that time. And mm-hmm. that was a time the world was changing. There was a social revolution in the air from east to west, or rather, uh, to be more accurate, from west to east. Because, mm-hmm. you know, flower was there the hippie generation came to came into being people were demonstrating mm-hmm. on the streets uh, for peace mm-hmm. uh, psychedelic clothes became fashionable on Carnaby Street. new mm-hmm. groups like the doors the pink floyd uh, Simon and Garfunkel were changing the very nature of of music and and, and singing um, yes. the bill had come and given sexual liberation and this Created waves across the world, and we in Bombay were not immune from it. And mm-hmm. I said to myself as a rule breaker, as a as a bohemian, as as somebody that wanted to uh, be part of that social change that was happening around the world. Mm-hmm. And one of the things mm-hmm. that we talked talk, then, uh, Rothman and I lived together at that time, which was a scandalous thing to do. It became headlines in newspapers, in in magazines. They mm-hmm. lived together, you know. <laughs> so we, uh, we, we 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 had a child uh she got pregnant before we got married so there were mm. all kinds of things that that we did that, that shocked people and mm. in the the nature of our relationship was such which i explained at great length in the in the book and the nature of Pro's personality was such and my own personality was such that we ventured into all kinds of things and open mm. marriage was one Follow throughs. So we came to a point. Where we said, "Stop playing these games. Let's just make it an open marriage." And mm-hmm. we, we we tried this experiment with the open marriage, which in the end it didn't work for me because it caused me more anxiety and, and mm-hmm. caused me more crises emotionally. And I moved on from there. But the whole experience of of living that life of of, of having an open marriage, I've shared in, in my in my book. Um, and I think the, yes. um, the lesson that comes out of this is that it's fine to try new new ideas, new things, but then there comes a point where you come to the end of a branch and it's time to fly mm. off and find something else. So yes. uh, I did and Prathima did and she found her destiny in one way, I found my destiny in another way. But um, we were part of that journey together. And mm-hmm. each of us remained friends to the end of our days, even after we separated though pain mm-hmm. those separations are always painful there's no getting around that. Uh, the mm-hmm. question is really how do you deal with human relationships once that pain has subsided? Do you want to be enemies for the rest of your life? Or are you going to build bridges and see the good that brought you together and then remain friends at the human level? Those are mm-hmm. things I' to explore as mm-hmm. I said as you said also I've tried to be as honest as I could in narrating what happened in these crucial times in my life, these turning points. Because all the stories are based on certain turning points in my life. And one mm-hmm. prepares the other. Uh, they're based on people and places that I have known and loved.
0: In this context, it seemed to me that the lesson that one takes is that there's, there's, there is such a thing as too much honesty in a relationship, perhaps, you know.
1: Maybe you can draw your own conclusions. Uh, we we made our own yes. experiments. We we tried dishonesty. Yes. We tried honesty. We tried everything, but in the mm-hmm. end, that relationship didn't work because we, essentially we were very different people, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, had had different visions of life, and it was probably better that uh, we did separate at that point because Bhagwan went on to went on to found this iconic Gurukul called Nityagram. And I went yes. on to become an international star. So
0: mm.
1: perhaps the two would not one of the two would not have happened if we had remained together.
0: That's that's true. Though you know your your uh, uh, this chapter pre- presents a very different picture of Pratima. In the sense that I mean I don't know from her uh, and you mention it as well later on from her her book her memoir. I mean I remember reading it many years ago. Uh, you know, it was like um, the picture that em- emerges from that one is sort of different from this. So it's like coming to the same events, perhaps from two different perspectives. Right. Though you do say, like, you know, pictures of, especially the the streaking bit. So this is the actual story of the streaking,
1: Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. I'm confirmed by the person who, who, who initiated which was uh, Rita Karanja of, of Cineblitz. So... Um, okay. That is the, the, the actual story. You know, Prathima's story, book began as a sort of grumble pad. You Whenever know, she had something against she'd sit down and write. And, and it just slowly developed. And then um, I think much later she realized this could be a book, and then her whole style changed, et cetera. But those bits remained in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Prathima had many, many gifts, uh, and um, Embellishing Narratives was one of them. Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I still think of her dearly and I have the fondest memories of her.
0: Mm, okay. So you yeah, but you know, from this uh, from this description, it seems like she would have been at home in, in this, you know, the current age of social media where everything is amplified, you know, every action is amplified. I can imagine the streaking story would have been everywhere, you know. Absolutely. I mean it was everywhere even then.
1: It was everywhere so. Even those days, even without social media. It creates yes. a huge sensation, you know, and, um, and, and people are saying, How could you tolerate a wife who streaks? How could you tolerate a wife who runs naked in public? And, <laughs> and uh, why don't you leave her? Why don't you divorce her, etc. And my point was firstly, she, it happened at a time when I was shooting for my Sandra series in, in Malaysia. Mm. That's when she mm. broke the news to me. And it mm-hmm. was a time when I'd been given the greatest break of my life. I was being mm-hmm. cast the lead in a major European series, and I wanted to make the most of it. And mm-hmm. I wanted to be deeply focused. I didn't want to be distracted by emotional traumas going on. And secondly, mm-hmm. it had been done. And my mm-hmm. question was, um, was that enough for me to uh, think about leaving, her? you know, with children there, with a with the family there? You can have mm-hmm. disagreements, but it wasn't a reason for me to, that wasn't reason enough for me to leave her, but it scandalized everybody, and it was certainly yeah. major news in India in those days. You mm-hmm. can imagine what it would have been today in the age of social media, yeah. But it, uh, it,
0: was, major, it was major news for decades, I think, you know? right,
1: right, right? Right, right, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Because uh, before, before she um became um known for Instagram, mm. that's what she was known for,
0: yes. Okay. Okay, and then the, uh, you know, then when you move on to Parveen Babi and uh, this, this thing really struck me because a, 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 she emerges as, a, as a, you know, her the image that one has of her and the image that, you, uh, that you've placed before the reader is so different. You know, while the rest of the, morally she was a, mm, her living openly with Danny wearing jeans and smoking in public had given her a bohemian image in India but morally yeah. she was a conservative gujarati girl while yeah. the rest of the Jew gang talked about the free sex preaching of guru osho she believed in sexual fidelity It's yeah. what i was looking for when i fell in love with her so
1: yeah you know that's that. my book. correct so, so that talk was about that. that was that was true i mean for all the sexual freedom that, that we, we practiced and enjoyed during my marriage with Prathima, um, mm-hmm. it, it was causing me grief. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Praveen, for all her outward Bindas image, was really quite a girl. And she was mm-hmm. capable of enormous love and enormous sensitivity and enormous caring. And that's what mm-hmm. I fell in love with. And I, uh, it, was a, it was an incredibly intense love from both sides. So when our mm-hmm. problems started to emerge, mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be her protector. I wanted to see her through it. I wanted to make sure that we found a way to deal with it. And those mm-hmm. are the two themes that that, that played throughout our relationship, the, the love we felt for each other and the problems created by uh, the mental states that she suffered, um, as well as, of course, the pulls and pressures of, of stardom in Bollywood versus stardom in Europe and whether she should be here or there, and mm-hmm. the fact that um, – uh, I, when I left India to start a career in the West, Praveen actually came with me. We mm-hmm. left together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I explore in the book with great depth as to why she uh, chose to come back to India and the crises between us that, that led to that and the crises within her more that led to mm-hmm. that and the circumstances that drew her back to India. So the press in India went to town saying, Kabir Bedi has unhinged Parveen Babi and she's cracked up because she's failed in love and uh, none of that was true. Terrible things were written about me and Mm -hmm. I didn't think about it because I knew that she had to um, revive her career. People thought she'd left India. So Mm -hmm. I said to revive her career and she did. And then five years later I gave an interview in Stardust to a journalist called Usha Keney where I clarified um, Mm -hmm. what Happened, But I didn't mm-hmm. say anything further. Now, in writing this book, I can tell you the story of what actually happened uh, mm-hmm. in great detail, in great depth, and uh, let people understand um, that far from uh, uh, wrecking her mind, I was the one who was trying desperately to, to, to have it cured. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that far from denying her a career, I was the one who actually got her the lead in the next Sandokan series, which she walked away from. So those those painful times I can recount because it gives me a chance to to, to let people know and share that whole experience of, of, of the tragedy that, that parted us and mm-hmm. the exact circumstances of, of what happened at that time and mm-hmm. who was responsible for what. And also the relationship that we mm. strangely continued in a long-distance kind of way, even after we parted. And my last mm. meeting with her a few years before she passed away in Bombay. Mm. All mm. those mm. things, uh, and, and the fact that I was there when she finally passed away, all those things are sort of like a circle, like a story coming full circle. And each one of my stories has this kind mm. of theme of a beginning, a middle, and an end, which is why I've written it in this form of different mm. stories overlap in time and yet form the totality of my life because I didn't like the linear form. form. I found that boring. Mm
0: -hmm. It
1: doesn't tell everything in the context of other stories that affected my life about people I cared about or places that transformed my life.
0: Mm. When I read the book, I was thinking that, you know, you've met... I mean, like remarkable women have uh, you, you know, from your mother to your, you know, to Pratima to, uh, to Parveen, Babi, You know, you've you've uh, you've met some remarkable people in your life, right? And they've had an impact on you. And it's like, um, I mean, let's begin with your mother. I mean, what a what a woman. So let's talk about her. You know, they have we are. It's only when I read the, uh, the Andrew Whitehead book that I realized that, you know, made all the connections. But right. uh, do you think it's sufficiently recognized, you know, in India? Uh,
1: you're talking about my mother? Yes, your mother. Well, I don't think my mother has been sufficiently recognized in India. Um, although three books mm-hmm. have now been written on her. And I wanted to write this yes. chapter not just because of my mother, but because of my father as well. They were mm. one of the most remarkable couples you can think of, even if they were not my parents. Yes. Because mm. um, yes. really people that, 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 that met and married in Oxford at a time when there was a lot of uh, racism in Oxford, um, mm. came back to India and instead of taking the best jobs in civil service, joined the freedom struggle. My mother being a hand secretary of Gandhi, going to jails, yes. and then when the tibetan refugee crisis erupted how she became the mother to this generation of tibetan refugees mm-hmm. uh, where the dalai lama calls her mamila because yeah. i used to call everyone in the i used to call her mummy when i went to the tibetan refugee camps and yeah. the refugees started calling her mamila la, la <laughs> in italian yes,
0: yes so
1: you know and then she went on to become the highest ranked buddhist nun in the world well, my father went on to becoming a philosopher in, in Italy. So yes. one, from, my father went from being a communist to a philosopher in Italy. My mother went from being a handpicked of Gandhi to the highest ranked Buddhist nun in the world. And in between, raise a family. And most remarkably, that the relationship between my father and mother was always sublime. It was sublime. It wasn't a conventional husband and wife relationship, obviously. Um, but they mm. always loved and supported each other. And they were soulmates. They were soulmates. And this is what mm. the, the chapter I've written on my mother and father uh, talks about mm. their journey and the nature of human relationships and how it can survive even greatly changed personal circumstances and different destinies and how they managed to do that. It's a very. I'm very fortunate to have had such wonderful, wonderful parents, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I'm glad I'm able to share their story uh, in a different way. Because the books that are written on my mother have talked about like, enormous accomplishments um, in life, but the real relationship between my parents is something only we in the family knew, and yes. we shared. Sh- and I shared that in my story because it's mm-hmm. one hell of a story to tell, and my book is. I hope, full of them.
0: Yes. That's Kabir Bedi talking about his new book, Stories I Must Tell, The Emotional Life of an Actor. This was a Hindustan Times production, brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.